world quivers quietly under the weak force of an event made restless by the silent promptings of God's divinely subversive call. That's what it's about Christmas. No, it's the yeah. same word. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, on this fine wintry evening. It's good to see you here. Thanks for being here. Welcome to all you who are listening on the podcast. Yeah. Um, we're glad yeah. you're listening. Yeah, give them a hand. All right. Yeah, give them a hand. <laughs> yeah. Hi, how you doing? I just looked at my notes real quick. Say hi to the band. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I should have prepared something more. Yeah. There you go. There we go. Hey, all it's right. the band. <laughs> we are very excited to have you all be the uh, guest artists yeah. again today. So this is Bonus Hymn Sunday, which we do um, this year, at least, at Christmas time. And so we'll be doing four hymns today, and all of us get to sing it. It's going to be great. What yeah. is the bonus hymn? Just we'll find out. Oh, find out. all right. Yeah, yeah. It's, in the, it's in the bulletin. Oh, there it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, next week you won't want to miss the House of Mercy Christmas pageant. No, you will not. Always an original um, pageant written by Ann Britt, mm-hmm. acted by our amazing youngsters who should show up at 4.30 next week to get in costume and get ready to perform. So come at 4.30. There'll be a link for people to watch watch it remotely. Uh, yeah, streaming. It will be streaming. streaming. Oh, yeah. streaming, yep. Yeah. Well, we don't have the link yet, but if you get the newsletter... You'll, you know, we'll send it out to you. It'll be on the website. Also, you can go to the website and sign up for the newsletter to make sure you don't miss it. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, everyone should sign up to be on the newsletter. Hey, thank you everyone for uh, coming last week for my, to help celebrate my book release. I so appreciated it. Oh, that was good. The music was great. Thank you. Thank you. Angel is not here, but it was fantastic. Thank you for yeah. coming out. There's more books. We ran out last time, but there's books. I got resupplied. Books in the back if you still want one. Uh, if you don't have one, you should get one. And if you have one, you should get another one. <laughs> yeah. How about your book study? Um, it's not as good. <laughs> no, no. Uh, actually, we this week we started our book study. Last week we started our Tuesday night book study. Uh, we're studying uh, In Search of Radical Theology by... Uh, John Caputo, who was the quote actually was from that uh, book. Nice. Yeah, um, and if you are interested and you um, didn't come last week, we're well, we decided we we're going to still talk about the introduction because it's uh, it's good, it's rich. Nice. So yeah. you could, they can still come even the, if they didn't come last week. Well, yeah, even if you don't, yeah, you can still come. And also, um, there's a, a link you probably got in the newsletter if you want to um, participate uh, via the. Uh, Internet? How do you say that? Zoom or something? Zoom, yeah. I'm trying to avoid that. <laughs> All right. Because we're, I mean, we're endorsed by Skype, so it's like we're not supposed to. All right. You know how it works. This is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it.
you join me in the prayers of community, I'll end each prayer petition with God and your mercy, and I invite you to respond here our prayer. Let's pray. God of mercy, we need fire to survive, to stay warm in the winter. We need the light of mercy like we need food and the sun. Help us wait with expectation for the light that is coming into the world. God in your mercy. God of mercy, help us wait eagerly and long passionately for your coming. Help us desire with all our hearts and minds peace on earth and goodwill to all people. And may these longings and desires affect the details of our lives, what we look for, what we think about, how we see other people on the bus, behind the counter, across the table, on our southern borders, across the world. Peace on earth, goodwill. God in your mercy. God of mercy, free us from the judge in us that can be cruel and merciless, or maybe just unrelenting, exacting, and difficult to please. Free us so that we can quit being unforgiving of ourselves and other people. Help us to stop judging ourselves, each other, and random people in the streets or stores or at the Y. May the parts of us that are kind and generous blossom. God, in your mercy, thank you for this church, all these people who come here and make it a community, who care for each other and listen to each other and give what they make, pageants, songs, food, spreadsheets. Help us look around and be grateful for what we have here. It is so beautiful. May we recognize that grace enters our lives all around, all the time. God, in your mercy. In this time of holiday cheer and family gatherings, we pray for those who do not feel this warmth because they have no family or are estranged from their family or feel deeply the pain of having lost someone they love. God, in your mercy. We pray for healing wherever it is possible in every way possible. We pray for strength to endure whatever needs enduring or freedom to lie down and let go if that is what we or our loved ones need. We pray for peace for those who are sick and suffering from COVID, from tornadoes, from every kind of climate disaster, from disease, imprisonment, addiction. God, in your mercy. Hear us now as we pray our needs and our confessions and our gratitude in extended silence. May we be clothed in compassion and wrapped in your mercy. Amen.
scripture reading is from Luke chapter 3, verses 7 through 18. John said to the crowds that came out to to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the roots of the tree. Every tree that therefore does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share one with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. The soldiers asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary but the chaff will be burned with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The word of the Lord. Whenever I read these verses from Luke, you know, the part about the unquenchable fire, I always think of the U2 album of the same name, The Unforgettable Fire. Okay, you might have noticed that I said unquenchable fire, then I said unforgettable fire, which I know is not the same. It's, it's not the same, this unforgettable fire, it's not the same word that Luke uses in his Gospels. But in 1984, when this record first came out, and I read about it in Rolling Stone, I thought, that is so cool. That is so cool that you too named their record after that verse in the Bible about the unforgettable fire. And for years, I'll be honestly, decades, decades. Whenever I read the verse in Luke, the one that says, but the chaff will be burned with unquenchable fire, I would think, yeah, like the U2 record. Or when I played the record, the unforgettable fire, I would think, yeah, cool, like the Bible verse. And never in all those decades did I realize they were, in fact, two different words. That U2 did not name their 1984 record, the unforgettable fire, after the Bible verse that contains the phrase, the unquenchable fire, years, decades, I thought they were both using the same word. It was only about, it was only three years ago when I was preparing to preach on the same text in Luke's gospel that I finally realized that they are not the same word. That the verse in Luke's gospel does not say the chaff will burn with unforgettable fire, and the name of U2's 1984 record is not 
the unquenchable fire. They're not the same word. But I had believed this for so long that I thought there must be some reason I believe this. Maybe it's that the in the original Greek word, the Gospels could be trans those could be translated in different ways. You know, and maybe I'd seen it translated from the Greek, maybe both ways, either unquenchable and or unforgettable. But that's not the case. I looked. It turns out that unquenchable and unforgettable are not only different words in English, but they are also different words in Greek. And so I looked up the original Rolling Stone uh, review that I read, like maybe the reviewer used the words interchangeably, or maybe the review made reference to this Bible verse. So I reread it, and uh, like many record reviews in Rolling Stone, there were no Bible verse references at all. Now let me say this before I continue, because um, it is a thought that you will undoubtedly eventually come to as I move closer to making my intended point. Yes, all that was a really long way to go to get to where I will eventually end up. And yes, all of that is only tangentially related to what I'm about to say. Well, let me just continue on this for a minute. So I looked up the review, and while it said nothing about the verse in Luke, nor did it use the word unquenchable, as I read it now from this perspective, how many 37-something years later, I was struck by this tone in the review. I mean, it was so clearly from a different historical context. It had a tone that, I don't know, didn't seem at all that concerned with the swift approach of the end of the planet's ability to sustain human life. It had this casual insistence on really looking at humanity's dark side, almost like it wasn't six inches in front of everyone's face all the time. It was written by this artfully glib and irony-dripping Rolling Stone reviewer and famed MTV news anchor Kurt Loder. Perhaps you remember him. Let me just give you a few excerpts. The title of U2's album is perversely suggestive. Okay, imagine me as Kurt Loder saying this. Like the MTV Kurt Loder. Like with hair kind of swooped to one side and like his head tilted to one side and the camera also tilted to one side. They did that a lot, I don't know why. Okay, and also I do not know what he means still by the title being perversely suggestive. Okay. He continues, over the course of three studio albums and one live in-concert item, this stormy Irish guitar band, borne aloft by its grand anthemic roar and earnest concern for all social issues, had ascended to the verge of substantial rock stardom in this country. Unfortunately, with the unforgettable fire, U2 flickers and nearly fades. It's fire banked by a misconceived production strategy and occasional interludes of soggy, songless indulgence. This is not a bad album, but neither is it the irrefutable beauty that the band's fans anticipated. What happened to you two? The four 
members felt artistically constricted by their chart-tested monster guitar format. They needed the right producer, someone with serious art credentials, who would understand their impasse and would help them to grow. It sounded like a brave gamble, art over gold. But idealism, I'm sorry boys, is not art. Idealism is not art. Kurt's critique in that U2 uh, is that not that U2 sought art over gold or art over commerce, but that they failed to make either art or gold because of their inherent idealism, their naive hopelessness, their insistence in the inclusion of some promise and possibility of a kind of universal love and mercy in spite of humanity's self-destructive inclinations. But Kurt, from his location, his historical location, his perch in 1984, could not understand. He did not know what the world would come to be. He could not understand the, the time in 1984 he was living in a time of a kind of privilege, a time when you could insist that art must contain more than hope, that you should strip down any notion of a hopeful resolution, that you needed some kind of dark nuance to match the, uh, this cultural context. It was a time when flat emotional and intellectual affect was considered exploration, artistic exploration, and not an accurate reflection of our current reality like it is now. It was a time that we all had the luxury to imagine what art could be, could push past the notion of some reconciliation. It could skip over idealism. Idealism was the golden tan in 1984 on our beautiful young bodies. But our America, our America today, has not seen the sun in so long. Our pasty, sallow bodies and balding pates are barely covered by America's ill-conceived comb-over. Our America's muscles have slackened, and our thoughts and dreams have grown flabby. Our imaginative minds have been stifled by the hardening plaque in our arteries. There is no talk of idealism in our America. There is no capacity for hope in this land. Only dark and blackened ice on the grim concrete. And I can see a crack. I can see a crack in the concrete that long, runs all the way through the heart of our America, deep into the foundation of our America. And that foundation is beginning to crumble, has long since shown stress in the foundation. The foundation has so obviously become unstable. When we look into the future, we only see the drop-off, the edge of the cliff, 
coming closer and closer. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the tree. The tree, every tree therefore that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And they ask, what should we do? What then should we do? It is not whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even the tax collectors come to ask, what should we do? What should we do? The text says, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. The soldiers ask, what should we do? What should we do? Do not extort money from those by threats or false accusation and be satisfied. It's not hard to know what the right thing is. If you have two and she has none, give her one. Don't cheat people. Don't enrich yourselves at the expense of others. Don't bully and threaten the weak and those in need. Those And do not pretend that, that those who are desperate are using that desperation as some sort of weapon that threatens our America. In the middle of this text, when everyone asks how should they live, how should they act, John gives these quick answers that are so obvious. They are not deep insights. He says if people need help, help them. But It's almost like he wants to dismiss this because these comments come between these two lines about fire. He said that those trees that do not bear fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. Then afterwards says, when they ask if he's the Messiah, he says, no, there's one coming greater than I am who will baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. And then goes on to say that the chaff will be burned with unquenchable fire. Is this unquenchable fire? Is this the baptism that he speaks of earlier? This baptism of fire? U2's name of their record comes, uh, Unforgettable Fire, comes from a description from a survivor of the Hiroshima bomb. They said they saw this unforgettable fire that they still see now. A fire the world cannot forget. That title points to humanity's ability to, to, to act in unconscionable, violent, self-destructive ways. The unquenchable fire it's clearly something very different. While we continue to destroy this planet, to hurt each other, to act in ways that turn our world into something like hopelessness, there is this other fire that keeps burning 
And it's this fire, this transforming fire of this baptism. We can hope and be assured that it will not go out until the whole world has been transformed. listening to the house of mercy podcast you can experience all this live every sunday at five check houseofmercy.org for all the details house of mercy is a church in saint paul you should come it's not that bad